You're listening to the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Football Podcast with host Howard Bender and John and Themba. What is going on, everybody? John and Pemba here with Howard Bender. Welcome into the Fantasy Alarm NFL DFS podcast and live stream for week one of the NFL season. Howard, we kicked off Thursday night football last night. You did the showdown playbook. We watched the Bills dismantle the Los Angeles Rams. Hopefully not necessarily a thing to come for the upcoming main slate. We had some big-time disappointments with Allen Robinson. We had chalk plays hit with Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and Gabriel Davis. So it should be a quite interesting Sunday main slate. Yeah, I mean, from a DFS standpoint, I didn't really think, with the exception of Allen Robinson, I didn't think there was anything else that was really that disappointing. I wasn't in on Stafford. I really, I wasn't in on Cam Akers for this week. I do like Akers maybe for some season long, but, you know, these weren't guys who I was particularly high on coming into this game matchup against Buffalo. So didn't really burn me that badly. And, you know, again, with Josh, Josh Allen spreading the love around, right? Hitting up Diggs, Gabriel Davis, and Isaiah McKenzie for touchdowns. It worked out pretty well. That's the bingo card right there, right? I think Dawson Knox was maybe the only big, big goose egg for those who played the showdown slate after that big contract to go out there and do nothing. But yeah, McKenzie, Gabriel Davis, and Stefan Diggs all scoring there. So we got 13 games here on the main slate. We got a lot to get to. So why don't we, why don't we jump into it, huh? Let's do it, man. Let's dive in. You want to build a lineup as we go here and talk quarterbacks to start. So we certainly can. Yeah, we can lock it in as you go. If you really like a play, we can go ahead and lock in a play a player as we move along the positions. We can kind of finish the lineup, you know, as we get to the end to see where sort of the salary fits in. If those of you have watched the MLB DFS podcast live stream that I do for James Grande, you'll know if there's a guy that we're for sure in on, we just lock him in. We move forward and we build that lineup completely at the end. So we're going to be doing that here for the NFL DFS podcast and live stream this season as well. So Howard, let's jump in. Uh, quarterback position, we'll kick it off. I do the QB coach. You've been on the watch list all week. I have Patrick Mahomes, obviously, top price quarterback there for, for DFS here on DraftKings for week one. I think that he's in a great matchup here against Arizona. Highest game total on the board as of right now as well. If we're looking at this top tier group, we'll say 7K and above. Mahomes, Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Aaron Rodgers. How are you feeling about that top group? I mean, I think that top group is actually fantastic, right? I mean, I love Mahomes. Everybody's crying about him not having Tyreek. I'm not scared of that at all. I think he's got enough weaponry there that you can use him. I mean, you want to complain about the fact that you don't know which wide receiver he's going to hit, but he's still Patrick Mahomes, so I'm definitely in on that. I know Arizona, with their secondary, might have some issues, you know, handling the coverage, especially for the fact that they don't really have a a significant pass rush, which is going to give... Pat Mahomes, you know, some extra time there. But, you know, Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and he's at home in a great spot here against the Raiders, a team that he's torched in the past, or at least beaten yeah. him up in the past. And I say Lamar Jackson going up against the Jets, you know, his rushing ability immediately raises that floor for him. So, you know, cash game deliciousness. Yeah. Kyler Murray going to have to throw the ball. I'm probably I'm probably less on Murray simply before, for the fact that yeah, he's got the rapport with Marquise Hollywood Brown, right? But if he's getting banged up, if Kansas City's pass rush hits him at all, he's going to be less enthused about running. Not to mention the fact that there's no DeAndre Hopkins. He lost Christian Kirk. 
Brown is there. Rondell Moore is 50-50 to play. I just don't think he's got the weaponry, right? Zach Ertz is even a questionable guy for this one here. So I would actually probably, I would consider Rodgers, even against Minnesota, not knowing who his guys are. I would like that probably more than Murray, but I'm probably out on those two and staying with Mahomes, Herbert Jackson. Yeah, the top three clear it for me as well. Kyler Murray, you know, we'll probably talk about some of the opening up of value guys that could be pass catching for him. But, you know, we saw the tweets out there. They're going to be missing the majority. Like most of their starting secondary seemingly is going to be out of this game. Uh, And they're missing most of their starting receiving group as well. So, you know, this is a game that's supposed to be high scoring and back and forth, but it could be lopsided. And I'm with you there. Lamar Jackson, after not getting that contract extension, you know, he's playing for his next big payday may not be with Baltimore next year at the way this is going. Now he goes into New York, he could have a little bit of a revenge, you know, pay me now sort of attitude. So I'm with you there. For me, if I'm building lineups, it's definitely Lamar, I think, because you get a little bit of that savings, the rushing upsides there. But it's hard not to like Mahomes in that top matchup. And you don't really have to worry about in years past where like, Tyreek Hill was so expensive. Travis Kelsey was so expensive. It was hard to stack them. We'll get into it. Week one, there's some value here where you can kind of fit in a three-man stack and make that work. Next tier down is obviously a favorite of mine. The cover of the quarterback coach this week was Jalen Hurts. I've been tweeting about him all offseason. I'm just in love. I think what with the potential that he can bring in this offense with Philadelphia, now that they've got him, a legitimate pass-catching threat in A.J. Brown. You have Joe Burrow here at home against Pittsburgh. Kirk Cousins at 6,100, and then... You know, I think everybody's favorite GPP play at times this season is going to be Trey Lance. Yeah, you know, obviously Lance gives you that rushing upside there. No George Kittle is something to take a look at. Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, yes, absolutely fine. He's got the uh, the run first situation. I, You know, listen, I as much as I like Trey Lance, I don't even know if I'm going to want to use him in a GPP, right, for that you know, just for certain uncertainties, I like Kirk Cousins. I'm very much in on this Minnesota offense. He's got the weaponry. He's got the offensive scheme. Kevin O'Connell is going to keep him passing half. So, you know, I would kind of look there. I like Jalen Hurts. I like Joe Burrow as well. I think both guys are, are just good on the money kind of QBs that if you're looking to, you know, spend down a little bit, then maybe you, then maybe, you know, you, you end up kind of hanging out with those two as opposed to the top three. But it's funny. Everybody feels like, you know, when you're in a, when you're in a GPP, you know, you got to pay down at QB and, you know, I don't necessarily know if that's the case here. I mean, if you're just looking from an overall standpoint, Mahomes, Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, you know, Cousins for me is probably the the cheaper that I would want to go. I don't want to hit, I don't want to go for the Trevor Lawrence's or the Justin Fields right now. Not when these top QBs have such great matchups. Yeah, I mean, when I look at, you know, a guy like Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes, you know, they can go out there and throw for 350 and three scores, but so can Burrow and Cousins, right? It feels like Cousins is often one of the more disrespected quarterbacks. All he does is go out there every year, throw for 4,500 yards and like 30-plus touchdowns. And now he gets an offense, like you said, coming over from, you know, Los Angeles with O'Connell, and now they're going to be looking to throw the football a lot. I'm with you there. I think that range is fine. You can even spend down for $100 more off and get Derek Carr. Give me the opposite side of that Chargers matchup. One, it's another close and high-scoring contest. Devontae Adams is in town. Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro. He threw for 4,800 yards last season. Josh McDaniels offense now there. So, you know, under 6K, you're looking at that group. You mentioned not wanting Lance or Lawrence and guys like them. But, you know, Carr, I think, is probably where the value would lie if you are looking under $6,000. Ironically, in both games against the Chargers last year, threw for less than 200 yards in each one. 
Well, no Devontae Adams then. Did it, does Darren Waller? <laughs> was Darren Waller even active in those games? Right, because he missed half the year last season. So you know, when you, when you throw into Brian Edwards and Zay Jones and Hunter Renfro, you're probably not going to put up some that impressive passing numbers to say the least. So. Uh, we'll see. So. Adams is a difference maker, right? We talk about that all the time. So For certainly sure. spread some things out. So he's on the road, though, on the road uh, week one, going into a division rival. That could certainly be a tougher matchup for him. You know, you mentioned not really liking a lot of these value guys. Is there anybody that you would be willing to throw a one-off play into? Well, how many people, John, are going to end up doing the Baker Mayfield, Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore stack this week? Like, how many people are going to be doing that? I think that narrative is going to play a ton. You know, for me, I think Mayfield could be a little bit contrarian because how do you not like Jameis Winston against Atlanta, right? 5,300, we're assuming Michael mm-hmm. Thomas is going to be ready to go. And we'll get to receiver in a little bit, but the receiving group in New Orleans is free. So, you know, Atlanta did not get much better. We know they're not going to be a good football team this year. Uh, 5,000-yard passing seasons on the resume for Jameis. 30-plus touchdowns on the resume for Jameis in a year. Last year wasn't that great throwing the football, but I wrote about this. Look who he was throwing the football to, right? They've added, they have Michael Thomas back. They added Chris Olave in the draft in the first round. They signed Jarvis Landry. That is a complete 180 receiving group from Marquez Calloway and our boy Traquan Smith and guys like that, right? Like a whole new world of receiving there for Jameis Winston. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. So Winston Mayfield probably, you know, if I'm just throwing a dart, right? I just want to do like a contrarian. But see, that's the funny thing, right? The Winston stack, probably a lot more contrarian than the May- than the uh, than the Panthers stack, I think right? the narratives, like, I think, it'll be I, interesting because week one, I bet a lot of – You know, we talk about this a lot of times, like week one draws a lot of like the newcomers to DFS. But we'll be playing sort of that revenge narrative. Ooh, Baker against his former team at home. And you're right. That will probably probably draw more plays. Winston feels like the obvious better option, though. So, you know. I mean, if I'm going to stack and want to stay contrarian, then the Saints stack is definitely the way to go. I mean, we'll we'll get updates on our uh, ownership projections over at Fantasy Alarm. But, you know, I kind of imagine that in GPPs, Baker's going to be pretty chalky. Yeah, I probably wouldn't disagree with you for those looking to spend down just, you know, the narrative there will play. So, and it helps that his running back is the best running back in the world when healthy. Speaking of running backs, we go to the top here. Jonathan Taylor up against Houston is your top price back at $9,100. We saw what he did against the Texans last year. A game of 32-143 in two scores. He had another game of 14 for 145 in two scores. So, Houston, you know... We have a problem maybe when it comes to Jonathan Taylor, you know, get a little corny with it early, you know, so $9,100 Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry's 86. I just have to talk about it though, right? Like how many weeks is Christian McCaffrey going to be healthy for? How many weeks is Christian McCaffrey going to be under $9,000? Maybe one. So $8,500 for CMC. That's a guy that I'm playing in almost all of my lineups this week. Yeah, you know, you kind of have to, right? If you're going to get that kind of, uh, if you're going to get that discount, a $600 discount from McCaffrey, especially when you're talking about, you know, on a PPR site, right? Like DraftKings, it's half point on on FanDuel. Okay, fine. But, you know, on a PPR site to see McCaffrey as the third most expensive guy, yeah, I probably end up having to tilt over there. Uh, You know, listen, the matchups, I think, for uh, for Taylor, McCaffrey, and even, you know, if you want to pay down a scotch more with Eckler, I think those matchups are absolutely fantastic. I'm not I'm not in on the uh, on the Derrick Henry scene just yet. I need to see how this offensive line plays for him sure. a little bit more, right? You lose Roger Saffold, you lose David Quesenberry. 
you know, they, you didn't bring in anything to kind of help out. There was a third guy who I think they also let walk as well. So, you know. They did draft an offensive of, lineman, but I know that he was a bit of a project, it seemed like, during the preseason. Yeah, it definitely seemed like a project during the preseason. I look at this Giants-Tennessee game. I see it finishing up like 17-16. I don't <laughs> yeah. see explosive scoring. It's supposed to be uh, some bad weather there too, Howard, in that game from some of the things that I've read. So could, Even better. Could be Even a little sloppy. Better. I wrote it up on picks wise. Give me the, give me the giants with the points. Give me the under, I think the under over under was like 41 and a half. And I yeah. think it's, I think it's kind of a lock there, but different story, different podcast. It is. Actually. It is. We talk obviously DraftKings here. We talk full point PPR, McCaffrey, Eckler, elite pass catching running backs. The next tier has Alvin Kamara in it. And this is another spot where I think Kamara as a whole is going to benefit from the offense around him just being better. We talked about the receiving group at times last year. Trevor's like Simeon was the quarterback there, like Taysom Hill. You know, Kamara's downturn has really just been because defense is like, we don't care about anybody else. We have to just focus on where Alvin Kamara is on the field. That can't be the case anymore. They have to worry about Jameis throwing the football. They have to worry about where those receivers are. So I think we're going to get a bounce back out of Kamara here. And at $7,600, again, this is a player that is routinely over $8,000. It feels like another value getting him against Atlanta. And look what he did last year at week 18 against Atlanta. 30 carries, 146 yards against them. Now, can you can you expect a repeat performance? Maybe that's asking a little bit much to get 30 carries out of him. But I think we're going to see him pretty highly involved here. So that 7K range, Kamara's in there. I'm a big fan of how uh, that price point for him. Yeah, big fan of that as well. I think that he's in a fantastic spot for sure going up against Atlanta. Joe Mixon right underneath him. I like Joe Mixon. I like Joe Mixon at home. I like the revamped offensive line. I don't like it as much as I like Kamara's situation. But, I mean, I definitely think that Mixon is definitely in play if you you know, if you need to save a few bucks on that at 7,100. Connor, I think, is a good in a good spot as well here because – you know, I mean, Kansas City, they're still soft against the run. It's not mm-hmm. terrible, right? It's not the worst defense in the world, but they are still a little bit soft against the run. Is that going to be like my mainstay guy? No, it's not. But, you know, in this range right now, Kamara probably takes the lead there. And then, you know, as you move down the rest of that tier, Connor Swift, Aaron Jones, Nick Chubb, even Najee Harris, Josh Jacobs, not looking at any of those guys at all, right? I mean, if I'm going to keep paying down, I think Barkley is probably the more intriguing option, and I don't even love him that much. Yeah, I think Aaron again, we're looking for pass catching upside is always sort of the appeal when we get into this range. Is like, who can get me a handful of targets? Who can make it break? So, like Swift, I mean, Philadelphia improved their defense a lot this year, so we don't really know exactly what that's going to look like. But this is only a three point game in Vegas right now, and we know again, how long is Swift going to be healthy? And when Swift is healthy, how often is he going to be under $7,000? Because he's a guy that can go out there and be an impact player. He's like an Austin Eckler, Alvin Kamara light, you know, when it comes to his ability to catch the football and make plays in that game. So $6,800 for him against Philadelphia, I'm in on. You know, Barkley, again, if you're talking about this game, could be a little bit messy. Daniel Jones dumping off to him, I think that's fine. But I'm kind of with you there, right? Aaron Jones, you know, how's that breakdown going to be with that running back rotation with him and A.J. Dillon? Nick Chubb, I want nothing to do with because of Brissett at quarterback, you know, in, in Hunt's availability there. 
Najee Harris against a team that went to the Super Bowl last year, not great. So, you know, and we'll get answers on Josh Jacobs, right? We'll find out week one how they're going to use him. So we can kind of reevaluate that situation. So I'm with you. This 6K range for me, it's probably Swift Jones and maybe a one-off Barkley play, though I think Barkley may... People might play Barkley more than I expect. So people are so they're so into him. I mean, you saw it in the season long game, right? Where all of a sudden well, that's his what ADP is. just kept creeping into like the tail end of the first round. So mm-hmm. yeah, if you're talking about week one where the masses are just like, oh yeah, you know what? I just got a free entry into the million millie maker. Yeah, and they're gonna end up going for Barkley. They're gonna look at his price tag and they're gonna be like, wow, okay, Saquon Barkley is this you know this inexpensive. So I'm with you there. I'm skipping out on on that. Even further down, you know, there there are definitely some options. Like you could look at Travis Etienne because you know that he's got the uh, the pass catching ability yeah. for him with uh, with Jacksonville. Ramondre Stevenson. I mean, come on, let's face it, man. Anybody catches a pass at any running back who catches a pass at a Patriots practice, the masses are like, oh, he's the next James White. Yeah, he's gonna be the new James White, and we're all in on that one there. So if Ty Montgomery's know. healthy, he's in that role, which is what I keep trying to tell people, right? So like, oh God, dude. I kept drafting, I kept taking him in like the last yeah. round of drafts, right? They were using like, him in that role throughout the preseason in that practice, and then he rolled his ankle, and they kind of butt him out there, and then you know, you know, Belichick. It's really Belichick's fault because he went out there in the press conference or report or whatever. It was like, oh, Ramondre looks good running routes. You know, we could see him as the three down player, and everybody's like, Ramondre Stevenson's gonna be a three down player. Now, I think Ramondre Stevens going to eventually be the lead running back in New England. They didn't pick up the fifth year on Damian Harris's rookie contract. I think they're sort of just going to continue to rotate these guys through. They'll run through Stevenson's rookie contract. They'll bring in another guy. So, But I can't play that week one. Yeah, I'm not going to touch your Jets. Gibson is mildly interesting because, again, I don't think anybody's going to play him. Brian Robinson's not there anymore. So, you know, he's going to go back to being that early down guy with that workload. Gibson at the end of last year when he was healthy and they decided to actually run the football, put up some big numbers, right? So if this is a game where Washington can, I think can play from ahead against Jacksonville, like who else is going to get that grind down work? It's going to be Antonio Gibson. And again, I don't think anybody's going to play him. So at $5,800, I do kind of have some interest there as, as a contrarian play. If I'm playing the 20 max or something like that, I'll throw him in a lineup. Right. So that's the question. I think that's the point that we need to make to anybody who's listening, especially anybody who's new to DFS. Right, because we can sit here and we can talk about, you know, oh yeah, Gibson at fifty eight hundred presents some value there. But the question is, how many lineups are you setting, right? And you know, because Gibson, that's not a primary lineup guy. If no. you're like a one or a two lineup person, then you know Gibson's definitely not the way to go. I agree with you if you're playing like the twenty max, then all of a sudden he presents, a, you know, a, a little bit more of an intriguing option. Yeah. Yeah, after they got back from their bye week, they faced Tampa Bay in week 10 last year. He had three straight, three or four weeks with over 20 fantasy points, and then he finished the year with 18 or more in two of the last three. So they started committing to him a little bit more at the run. That running back situation is back to what it was. It's him and McKissick there until Robinson comes back. So I just think there's some potential uh, some potential value for him at 5,800 in terms of roster ship. So him and ATN, I agree. ATN scares the crap out of me just the way they talked about him. They, anytime I hear a coach being like, he can do a lot of good things. We're going to find ways to utilize him. He can line up here. He can line up there. It, to me, it means like they don't have a plan for him. They were just going to like try to figure out a way for him to maybe get him the football, which to me screams inconsistency. Like James Robinson's going to be active. He's going to be, he's going to play. He's going to be their early down running back. They're going to work in sets for Travis Etienne. What does that mean for his touches? Does that give him 10 total touches? Does it give him 
four or five targets and five or six carries. Like, where is it with ATN? We'll get to me. We'll get that answer after week one. We'll see how they're going to utilize him. He's another guy. If I'm playing 20 GBPs, maybe he's in a lineup or two because of the pass catching upside that I at least know he has. But I don't think we can guarantee him as the lead running back in Jacksonville with Robinson there. So that worries me a little bit. It worries me as well. And again, this is something also to kind of take note. I, I'm not playing heavy in week one. There's a lot of question marks about a lot of situations that we just kind of need to, we need to see how everything kind of spills out. And like you just said with ETN, that's definitely a, a situation that you want to see what happens. You want to watch and see what happens with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, you know, because it's a different situation over there right now with Brissett under center. And then, you know, again, it's just, it's the shared backfields that I'm probably going to simply just avoid for right now. And, you know, and a lot of those are, you know, are good bargain prices, right? Elijah Mitchell against Chicago at 5,400. Um, you know, that, that interests me to say the least. Chase Edmonds at 5,200 going up against New England. But what, you know, what kind of work is Raheem Mostert going to do? That is interesting today. We had the uh, Dolphins beat, one of the Dolphins beat writers say that make, when they asked about the running game, McDaniel said he looks, he wants the team to run between 20 to 30 times a game. The 49ers last year, the fourth highest run percentage in the NFL is just under 49%. McDaniel was the offensive coordinator and the run game coordinator for San Francisco. So this is a guy that wants to bring his running style of offense to Miami. He brought it in his running back from Marie Mostert, who was supposed to be their lead back before he kept on getting hurt. They had to put in Mitchell there. I like Edmonds a lot. I do like Mostert as a value play as well. Because Edmonds is never profiled as a guy that's three downs, that's an in-the-trenches sort of runner. We saw that with how, how Arizona used him last year, where he got the between-the-20s work, he got the pass-catching work. When they got inside the 10, it was James Conner. Mostert has the ability to be that guy, but he's also someone that can catch the football be a game breaker with his ability to run. So I think that Moser could be a little bit of a contrarian play when we get down there. I do have him in some lineups that I've built so far. You know, I mean, I'll, again, I'll avoid the situation for now and see what happens because, you know, again, we talk about this all the time, right? You get a guy like Chase Edmonds, but he's no longer in that system. He's in a new system. He's in a new scheme. Yeah. You know, the air raid offense, the offensive linemen, they don't line up the same way that other offensive lines line up there's mm -hmm. like at least like a foot apart foot and a half apart from each lineman as opposed to them being bunched up on the offensive line like you see you know in a normal lineup right. so you know to look at chase edmonds and say well he wasn't utilized you know he was he's a different back than james connor and when you're right. lining up in that same fashion you know inside the 10 you want a guy who's going to, you know, kind of push through and be more of a bulldog like James Conner is because you're going to push him between the tackles. You're not going to, yeah. you know, you don't want to do too much outside, you know, work when it comes to, you know, being down there. And that's the thing is that Mostert and Edmonds are actually kind of built similarly in that fashion, right? Like now all of a sudden we've got two very similar backs as opposed to, you know, Conner, who is clearly a much better yeah. between the tackles guy than Edmonds was. No, I agree with you there. Are you doing the same with AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones then? Dillon at $5,300. Is that a play that you're not as interested kinda, in? I kind of like Dillon because here's – because we've seen, right? We've yep. seen the last two years in LaFleur's system how, you know, how Dillon is starting to see more and more touches, right? I'm not saying that they're phasing out Aaron Jones. It's just a matter of that they're phasing in AJ Dillon more. And mm -hmm. so – 
you know, yeah, I would look at, I mean, probably not on, on DK, but you know, I'll look at his price point on FanDuel and I'll say, all right, well, if AJ Dillon's going to be down there still, yeah, that's going to be a guy who I'm going to want to take a look at. Yeah, Lafleur did say that you know, they're not afraid to throw to Dylan, so there could be a little bit of pass catching potential there. Because it's Week One, though, I didn't really find that there was a lot of value at the running back position under five thousand dollars. You know, that there is obviously Damian Pierce. I think that's probably the go-to value for most, which is why. I had pivoted to Raheem Mostert at the same price point. I feel like given the matchups and the situations, like I don't think Pierce is a great play against the Colts, but a lot of people are going to be riding a lot of that seasonal hype and preseason hype and be willing to spend down for him because he is the lead running back there. But there's not really much else in terms of value here at the running back position under $5,000. The lone exception, uh, and again, it's all just based off reporting uh, is Damian Williams, you know, the report that he's going to get a, a good share of carries in Atlanta, but that's still sort of an uncertain backfield situation, you know, so that would maybe be the only, you know, possible one. But Damian Williams, I think, was pretty free. He's 4,700, so he's a little bit just under under Damian Pierce there. So no love for Mike Davis against the Jets if J.K. Dobbins is out? Uh, see, I don't know. Like, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I he Sure. He just he's he just hasn't been good, right? Like he's been average. No, he has, he has but it is an offense good. that's going to run the ball a lot. So yeah, maybe he, maybe he pays it off run. week one. I, I, how involved is Kenny Drake going to be right away, right? And if Dobbins is healthy, which it doesn't seem like he is, you know, what's he going to look like? So yeah, Davis at forty four, I think, could be an interesting play there. I will say this though, just going back to uh, Damian Pierce real quick. Sure. Cash game probably pretty viable. Like that's why yeah. I want to take a look at ownership projections and you know and listen I, i'll tell you what i mean you can look at our ownership projections over at fantasy alarm i would also recommend seeing if you can look around the uh, the industry and just kind of check it out also because you know not everybody projects players the same way and you know we might have them you know at you know 24 percent. we might have them at two percent somebody else might have them like this is something to investigate because I won't use, I agree with you. I don't think it's a good matchup, you know, against the Colts, uh, you know. Although Shaquille Leonard, I hear, is is unlikely to play. Yeah, now. they already so ruled him out. Already ruled him out. All right, so that kind of becomes a little bit more interesting. You still have DeForest Buckner right there in the middle of the defensive line. But not having Shaq Leonard coming up in the uh, in the middle of there from the linebacker spot might be something to, you know, just kind of keep your eye on. But again, Damian Pierce in this matchup at this price point Fine if it's going to be high ownership and I'll yeah. use them in cash, right? I'll get that bargain. I'll get that discount because if he sucks, it's not going to hurt me right. that much depending on how much of the field is using him as well. Because again, like you said, there really aren't that many bargain running backs to do. Yeah. GPP though, I don't see the upside. I, I, you know, that's yeah. the thing. So I'll use Pierce in a cash game if everybody else is. But I won't go with the, you know, the uh, the GPP move. Yep, I'm with you there. All right, let's go to wide receiver. Where there are some value play to pick from here. A lot of guys, uh, some of the rookies we'll get to as well. But at the top, Devontae Adams is your top price wide receiver. Only wide receiver over $8,000. Again, great matchup against the Chargers. You mentioned that Carr struggled a bit against the Chargers last year. But Adams is a different animal. You have Justin Jefferson. Debo Samuel, Jamar Chase, and Keenan Allen, your 7K and above grouping. I'm not in on Debo Samuel here. I just, I don't know how that offense looks with Lance now at quarterback. The other four guys though, you know, to me, you pick your stack and then you kind of plug in, right? Like if you're playing one of the quarterbacks, you pick one of these four guys. If you're not playing one of those quarterbacks, 
they're still viable. You can pick a one-off and in go. How would you rank Adams, Jefferson, Samuel, Chase, Allen? Like, how do you feel about those guys? You know, for me, Jefferson is the number one guy. I just, I'm a big fan. I like the matchup here. Jair Alexander, I don't even know if he's going to shadow or if he's not. They're going to move Jefferson all over the field. So I'm very much in on Justin Jefferson being the top guy. Adams, probably second. We'll see some targets thrown his way. Chase, right there with him. They're probably, I'll I'll bet they're probably closer to even than anything else, which means that you're getting that $1,000 discount on Jamar Chase. And then, you know, again, Debo and the 49ers, to me, is a situation that needs to be monitored, right? Mm -hmm. But I came out and said, that he doesn't want to be used as a running back like he was used last year. But when he negotiated the contract or whatever, they put incentive clauses in there for him for rushing yards, rushing touchdowns, everything, you know, carries, right. everything like that. So they want to use him in that way. But we know that Trey Lance is a mobile QB, and that's, you know, so so I need to, uh, you know, see what's actually going on over there before I dive in fully. So yeah. – you know, that's kind of where I'm at right now for for that top end of the wide receivers. Yeah, I'm with you there as well. You have big play touchdown upside with all three of Adams, Jefferson, and Chase. Of course, Samuel can do it too, but that RPO or whatever they're going to run with Lance has me questioning. Keenan Allen is always just sort of that steady cash game guy for me, especially on DraftKings where it's full point PPR. Herbert, you know, threw for over 5,000 yards last year. Allen's a guy that can get you 20 fantasy points in a PPR pretty pretty easily under that you have Tyreek Hill going up against New England you have Mike Williams the opposite end of that dad you know Chargers offense they are big touchdown potential with him McLaurin AJ Brown Waddle Cooks you know a lot of guys in the 6k range here again I like Jalen Hurts so I'm looking at AJ Brown here going up against Detroit as sort of my top target how about you well, as I go through that, you know, the kind of that mid-tier look there, I mean, Mike Williams is a big plus for me. I'm a big fan, obviously, at 6,600. I dig that. And, you know, so you know, save a couple of bucks there off of Keenan Allen. I kind of like that. I like your call on A.J. Brown. I do think that they need to utilize him. You don't trade yeah. for A.J. Brown without planning on targeting him like 10 times, in my opinion. No, no, you don't. But for the same token, right, I'm looking at it. wasn't even so much A.J. Brown that I was thinking about. I was actually I'm looking at the pairing here of Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle being so close to each other in price, right? Only 400 yeah. separating the two of them. I think if it was anybody but New England and Belichick, then I'd be, you know, in on, you know, let's get Tyreek and let's get that debut in yeah. there. But I hate the matchup here against New England. So Brown, Williams, Cooks. Yeah. You know, even Cooks I'm a little lukewarm on because of the of the corners that they've got now in in Indianapolis, yeah. right? It's it's Kenny Moore on one side and who they brought in somebody on the uh on the other side here. Who is it? Gotta go to the wide receiver quarterback matchup report that we have over on um, Gilmore. Yeah, they brought oh, yeah, in Gilmore. Gilmore's there now, yeah. So you got Gilmore, you got Kenny Moore, you got Brandon Faison. So I don't really love that matchup too much for uh, for Cook. So I guess I'm in that range, Williams, A.J. Brown, and then I'm kind of, then I'm looking at... The second half of the 6K range is interesting. You know, Hollywood Brown in that shootout expected against Kansas City. You yeah. Know, give or take that, like he could be the only guy and they bracket him or, you know, Kyler only throws to him because that's all they got in. You know, big play potential there. You have T. Higgins, who last year during the second half of the season averaged more fantasy points per game than Jamar Chase did. You know, and he's $6,100. You know, that's a, 
you know, uh, you, you can pretty easily stack the Cincinnati team if you want. Pittsburgh still has a really good defensive line, you know, but Burrow's in the mid-6Ks. Chase is in the – I mean, Higgins is a low-6K receiver, and Chase obviously at 71. You know, those top three guys, pretty a pretty strong pairing. But Higgins at 61, I think it's a pretty strong – maybe a cash game play. Higgins at 6,100? Do you feel, How do you feel about that? Yeah, probably a good cash game play. I mean, he's definitely reliable. You know, uh, you know that Chase gets all that glory there. So, you know, yeah, I don't hate on it at all. I think that it's a, it's probably a good spot. You know, I'd rather do 6,100 on T. Higgins than 6,000 on DJ Moore. Yeah, I'm not a, I mean, I'm a noted Baker hater. No, <laughs> so can't. I'm not moving the needle by saying stuff like that? <laughs> no, not really. Here's the thing, like, I don't mind DJ Moore because he's been incredibly consistent with bad quarterbacks for most of his career, right? So, you know, he's yeah, going to give you the 1,100 yards. He's just not going to score any touchdowns. So, you know, <laughs> that's my main problem with DJ Moore. But look, look what he did with Sam Darnold and, you know, whomever they had last year. Cam, the ghost of Cam Newton returned and PJ Walker for a moment. Like they, they had nobody at quarterback and he still put up some decent numbers, but I'm with you, you know, Trubisky, not Trubisky, Trubisky being quarterback, Deontay Johnson at 6k. We just know he's going to get peppered with targets there. You know, I don't think that's a bad spot for him, but under, I mean, Michael Thomas at 57, like if he's healthy against Atlanta, if that hamstrings, if he's good to go, Winston's at 53, Michael Thomas is at 57. Like that's going to be a, he's going to be a popular guy in this range. And I know Michael Pittman at 55 is another one that I think in cash games for sure (laughs) is going to be just locked in there. I don't know why just cash. Why can't you go GPP on Pittman? You could, I feel like, I don't know. I'm still a little bit lukewarm on that, on how that's all going to play out. They're just going to run the ball so much against Houston, but Pittman could certainly get it done. You know, it's not bad. You know, he had some good numbers there. I think I'm still a little, uh, this is where you have to turn off your brain when it comes to all of the seasonal ADP arguments you had with people where I'm like, all right, but like, what is their realistic output for Pittman? Why can't, why is he going in the, you know, the second round or the third round, right? Like when you could get a guy like Cooks five rounds later doing the same thing. So but this is a week-to-week DFS, so you got to kind of put that behind. Last year, he had a game of six catches for 77 yards against Houston. He had another one just two for 35. So, and we talked about it. Both those games, Jonathan Taylor ran for like 140 yards. So, you know, what if they do that again? What if they just get out to such a big lead? It's Taylor and Ryan doesn't have to throw much. So, you know, for me, I think Pittman's probably a better cash game guy. I don't know if he has multiple touchdown upside, which I want in my DFS lineup. You want that in your GPP? Sorry, yeah, I want my that GPP lineup, right? Yeah. So that's where I'm at with with Michael Pittman. I think in more cash games. I gotcha. I gotcha. Thielen's been a red zone hog though. Fifty four hundred. If you're in on that new offense. Yeah, I think Thielen's in a. I think Thielen's in a good spot there. Rashad Bateman as the uh, as the lead target for Baltimore against the Jets. I think he'll probably. Yeah, he'll probably see a lot of Sauce Gardner in that matchup but uh, you know this whole range actually right juju smith schuster i like very much so over here and and i and i do i like christian kirk i really like christian kirk i think that he is definitely somebody that's got you know some serious upside you know especially where how piss poor the secondary is for washington and the fact that he does he also he's another guy who lines up everywhere yeah I like Christian Kirk a lot too. You don't pay the man all that money for him not to be that top guy for you. And I spoke, you know, I'm a little bit bullish on Lawrence this year in year two. You know, I think Peterson's going to have them in an actual offensive set and system that makes sense and utilize his strengths. And, you know, I think there's some potential there for Kirk this year as well. Under 5K guys, 
you know, Traylon Burks is somebody I have some mild interest in. I guess we'll have to be weather dependent, but you know, I, I mm-hmm. like guys, you know, coming off of a bad camp, but we know that we know the potentials there for him. Like people may not go there and then it's the giant secondary, right? So like we could see Burks, you know, Hey, you know, Jamar Chase couldn't catch football during preseason last year. He had to break out rookie season, not saying Burks is the same caliber of a player, but he was a really good college player. Now you have him at 5k and a matchup against the giants where I don't think anybody's going to be in on that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly on that. Any um, other guys under, in this range for you? All right, so, you know, I don't hate DJ Chark at 4,800. He's going to be the guy who stretches the field. The Monroe St. Brown might be the number one, but there's no Jamison Williams, and you know that Goff likes to throw that hero ball up every yeah. so often. So I don't hate Chark at 4,800. Valdez Scantling, you know, again, that's, you know, that's a GPP. It's more of a dart throw Yep. because we don't know exactly who's going to do it, but we saw him – you know, catch deep passes for touchdowns with Aaron Rodgers. And I know that he's going to be the guy stretching the field for uh, for the Chiefs over there. Him and Hardman, you're like, I don't know which guy. They're both at, at similar price ranges for sure. I would take, then, I would take my shot at MBS over Miko Hardman at this point. I feel like we know – here's my, my, my thing with Miko Hardman is this should have been his opportunity, right? Tyreek Hill's gone. It should have been Miko Hardman's opportunity. They signed Juju Smith-Schuster. They signed, M- signed MBS – they drafted Sky more in the second round. Doesn't seem like they have a lot of faith in Miko Hardman to be a guy that can step in and play a big role for them, in my opinion. Yeah, I can. I mean, we're going to have to stay, right? I mean, that's just, you know, because the only thing that, that you know, I mean, not the only thing, but something that's definitely in his favor is the familiarity. Sure. Right? And that's, you know, so the question is, you know, is he familiar? You know, does he is he comfortable enough? Is Mahomes comfortable enough with MVS? And Juju Smith-Schuster, that he doesn't just continuously look for the guys who, you know, he's sure. been with for longer. Yep, I agree with that. Is it an AJ Green week for you, Howard? Is it an AJ? It's never AJ Green week for me. Never. They got nobody else. You know, I mean, what if Moore is out? You know, and you know, Ertz is out. You know, what do you do then? You know, AJ Green's going to be a top two target in that offense in the game with the highest total on the board. <laughs> Just give me Trey McBride, please. Yeah, Trey McBride. <laughs> Let me pay down at tight end and punt that position. Yeah, I've already seen those tweets coming out there when I tweeted about Andy Isabella being $3,000 on DraftKings here this week as well. And I'd be remiss if we didn't mention Sammy Watkins here. It's week one, right? He's on your watch list. And we've talked he's about... He's a cover boy. He's a cover I'm of the totally watch list. In. Yeah. I'm totally in on Sammy. Absolutely. Alan Lazard likely to be out. Yeah, Dobbs is there. Okay, Watson hasn't played with Rodgers at all in the preseason. You know, Watkins to me is a guy who, you know, I think we should we should definitely be in on. You already had that tweet out of what he did. I wrote about him in the New York Post yeah. as a as a last second dart throw if you're looking for somebody to replace an injured guy. So you know, I, I think Sammy's got the you know an intriguing thing, and then you know just to kind of thread it towards tight ends. If Robert Tunyon's available, right? If he's if he's healthy and he's playing, yeah, red zone. That's another. That's a red zone thing that that I think that Rogers could turn to. Yep, I agree with you there. Under that grouping, you mentioned Hardman. I think Olave is an interesting pivot off of some of the chalkier Saints guys. You know, again, a really talented wide receiver going up against a soft defense. You know, he could be that breakout rookie receiver this year in this offense for New Orleans. So 
4,500 for him. I still think Marvin Jones is going to be a player in Jacksonville. I don't know why all of a sudden they feel like they would just cast him out. You know, I know they paid Kirk and Zay Jones got, you know, 8 million guaranteed or whatever it is. But I still think Marvin Jones at 4,400 is a bit interesting as, again, someone that's nobody's going to play. Nico Collins fits into that mold for me as well. But I think the chalk of this, and I wrote this up in the DraftKings value article, Kadarius Tony's at $4,100. Yes. And I think that's where is I think that's where a lot of people are going to go for their spend down receiver. I think they'll go Kadarius Tony. I also think the masses are going to look at Sky Moore, who's at thirty eight. Sure. Yeah, that's your pick, your Chiefs guy, right? And if you're right, you're going to win because ownership is probably going to be spread out between some of the value guys there outside of Juju. So Sky Moore is interesting. I agree with you. If you're not in on that on on MVS, like you, if you don't believe it's MVS or Miko Hardman. That means you have to believe in Sky Moore, and at thirty eight hundred dollars, right. Sky Moore's right in front of you. Yeah, he is. He's right there, right in front of you. That's what I'm saying. He's you right know, there. it's so funny here. Also, I mean, we talk about it all the time, right? That debate article that we have at FantasyAlarm.com. It's incredibly popular, so you know a ton of people are in to Sky Moore. So maybe Tony is the the better GPP pivot. Yeah, a lot of things are going for Sky Moore, right? The price. And again, I keep harking back to it. As of last check, they were the highest game total on the board. It was like 53 and a half. I don't know if you have updated odds on that at all, but you know, you're looking at an indoor environment in Arizona, track meet, high scoring, an offense that likes to throw downfield. We don't know what's going to go on with that running game with Kansas City. And like you mentioned, every day there's like 3,000 people, 4,000 people plus reading this Sky Moore article we wrote, you know, two weeks ago still. So, you know, there's a highly searched, highly searched guy. So the other rookie that was in this range that I thought was interesting was Jahan Dotson. He's $3,400 going up against Jacksonville. You know, could be very much that uh, wide receiver two for Washington this season. So if you're looking for just sort of a different place to go there at 3,400, Dotson, I think, fits into that. And then I mentioned Andy Isabella again. If he ends up starting, you know, if he finds a way into that starting lineup for Arizona because everybody else is out, uh, he's $3,000. 3000 3000 There are not a lot of, you know, usually we get some better dart throws at this. Yeah, not you know, week, like, week one is tough. Yeah, not week one. You know, Tyler Johnson, maybe, you know, I talked about this with Andrew Cooper on the Seasonal Fantasy Football Podcast. Tyler Johnson got cut from Tampa Bay. Houston cut Chris Conley to sign Tyler Johnson. So Tyler Johnson could be the starting slot receiver for Houston here in week one. And there's not many pass, you know, there's Cooks, obviously. Nico Collins, people are looking to see if they can break out. But I think Tyler Johnson is going to get an opportunity to play is it a high-value spot? No, not really. But if you're making a bunch of lineups, you really want to go dirty with it. You know, $3,300 <laughs> Tyler Johnson. Paris Campbell's 3300 I know Adam Ronis has been a big proponent of Paris Campbell. Another guy who it's like, while he is healthy, you know, maybe we give Paris Campbell a look. So Campbell's at $3,300 as well. Yeah, I like the Campbell call, definitely. You know, everybody's talking about Alec Pierce. And listen, I love Alec Pierce. I think he's incredibly talented, but... Again, for this first, you know, for the first game, whatever, I think, yeah, a lot of people are underselling Paris Campbell. I don't know, you know, I mean, listen, again, yes, if you're playing, if you're fielding 20 lineups and you want to just kind of throw some extra darts, it's it's something to take a look at for yep. sure. All right, let's go over to tight end here where this is usually a quick position for us to go over. Top guys are there, right? Andrews and Kelsey, any issues with either of them? No, no issues with either Andrews or Kelsey. I think both guys are definitely viable for yep. sure. Yep. Uh, you know, it's just... Uh, you know, is this a week where, you know, because it's kind of funny, right? You know, in, in past weeks, past seasons, actually, I've been, 
you know, a huge proponent of just paying up at tight end because Kelsey was just so automatic, right? And now, you know, it's kind of funny. I'm like looking at the rest of the way week one is set up. Right. And we like a lot of the high end QBs. We like a lot of the high end running backs and we yep. like a lot of the high end wide receivers. You got to find value somewhere. And, you know, you know, is tight end the spot this week where you find that value? Yeah, it could be. You know, there's a couple of value tight ends uh, on the board here that I think we could look at. Obviously, if Earth gets ruled out, the automatic play is going to be there for McBride that everybody's just going to go to. He's under $3,000. So that's sort of like a Sunday morning, probably, decision mm-hmm. when we figure out how that's going to play. But Andrews and Kelsey at the top, I'm really not a big Kyle Pitts guy this year, but it's DFS, right? So, like, if you're going to pick a week, you know, Mariota's got to throw to somebody. We don't know if Drake London's going to be active or not yet, so Pitts could certainly be there. Chargers last year, one of the worst teams in football against the tight end. Waller's going to not draw as much coverage, in my opinion, as he did in years past with Adams now there, so there's a spot for him. And then Hawkinson, again, I do think Philadelphia's defense got better, but Hawkinson was a guy that was on pace to be the third highest targeted tight end in football last year before he went down, and then Amon Ross St. Brown went off. But I think Amon Ross St. Brown went off just because nobody else was there. Hawk seemingly had the eyes of Goff for most of that season. So I, I do kind of like Hawkinson in the mid here at 4,900. Yeah. <laughs> See, I'm knocking shit over here, right? Freaking out about I'm just, I'm, you know what? I'm so not a Hawkinson guy. I've never been a Hawkinson guy. And it's, you know, because he's a guy who, and maybe this is the problem with seasonal versus DFS. This is a guy who... Everybody, you know, elevates among the uh, among the tight end rankings and he just doesn't deliver like he doesn't, you know, and it's not even just so much that it's about injuries with him. You know, it's just the fact that even when he's healthy, there's just there's not a lot of, you know, in in any system that they're running here in, you know, in, in Detroit, there's not a lot of, you know, huge love for the tight end. Right. Yes. He had 84 targets last year in 12 games. What could have been. Sure, but he was, tar- he know, was targeted just, pretty I, heavily. He's got one, two, three, let's see, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of the 12 games he played. He saw eight or more targets. Yeah, and what did he do with them? Weeks one and two, he had 25 and 20 fantasy points. Right. And then, let's see, week four, he had eight targets. He had eight. Week six, he had 11 targets. He had 15 fantasy points there. Week seven, he had nine targets. He had 10 fantasy points. Week eight, he had 11 targets he had 18 fantasy you just points. nine targets 10 fantasy points yeah he had six catches for 48 yards right i mean that's the thing it's just that there's nothing explosive about him well weeks right? one maybe, and two though maybe, he, maybe, he tore it off he had 25 and 20 fantasy points what's that weeks one and two he had 25 and 20 fantasy yes points. weeks one and two against the niners and the packers absolutely he had great games there I just I, I mean you and i argue this all the time right targets to me are opportunity i don't care if golf keeps throwing to him that's great. He's going to catch a ratio of them at some point where he's going to be able to be productive. And I just feel like he's the, I think he's the number one receiver on that offense still, even with Chark that they brought in and I'm on Ross St. Brown and whatever. I still think Goff's going to be looking at him. So I'm sure Goff will be looking at him. I am. And listen, and I get it. What, you know, when you talk about targets being opportunity, they are. The problem is that Hawkinson is always priced above what he delivers. And you okay. can talk about weeks one and two sure. all you want last year. The rest of the time, I mean, it's really, it's not that great. You know, a 10 for 89, okay, fine, that's great. What was his price tag at that point? 8 for 74, okay, great. What's his price tag? 
yep. right? Weeks three, four, and five, he was probably priced up as one of the top tight ends because of what he did for week one and weeks one and two. They didn't do shit. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Is after week one where he was forty nine hundred, he was never under five k again. So right. So I mean, that's the only thing. That's the thing that bothers me about Hawkinson is that this is a guy who is priced up and and you know and treated as if he is a top tier tight end, and it's just not the case. Sure. That's fair. Goddard's at 4,500, you know, AJ Brown now being in town, Devonta Smith. I feel like the, he may be third in line, uh, in this offense for targets, but you know, you mm-hmm. did have obviously some big productive weeks there. Uh, after that, again, this is a range where I don't really like much Ertz. If he's healthy, I guess by default, you'll probably play that. But like, even if he's active, like how's he looking when he's moving? Yeah. Fryermuth, you mentioned Tunyon there at 39, Joku, Everett, Hunter, Henry, Austin Hooper, like, to me, I just go right to Cole Komet or I go right to Evan Ingram as my two spend downs here. Yeah, those are probably the, you know, just because of the uh, the number of targets that they'll each see in their respective offense. I don't hate Najoku at 3,900 because I do feel like he will be heavily targeted. He's the number two target on that yeah. team, or he should end up being the number two target on that team. It's not Peoples-Jones, and it's not – I don't even know who the hell else is there. David um, Bell, the rookie, probably. Yeah, I mean, so so neither one of those – so I see Najoku as being a guy who should have a significant opportunity, but I agree with you, right? I'd rather just – you know, I'd rather spend up elsewhere and give myself Komet at 3,700 or give myself Engram at 35. Yep, I'm with you. You were a big Hayden Hurst guy. If you wanted to be different this week, Hayden Hurst could be a $3,300 sort of contrarian. You're getting exposure to an offense that's going to throw a lot there. Logan Thomas, you know, we got to see exactly how active he's going to be. He's questionable. You know, is he going to be limited right away? Probably, but this is a guy that obviously was a, is an impact pass-catching tight end when healthy. Gets Jacksonville week one at $3,200 there. And then- I'd almost like to see him out and just... You know, and go John Bates. Yeah, Bates at 31. Brevin Jordan is $3,100. I know Andrew Cooper's kind of talked him up a little bit as a value play. And then you have Trey McBride there at $2,900, which the masses will just lock in. What about Troutman? Do we Are we ignoring Troutman no. because you've got the heavy receiver load now? Yeah. Yep, that's exactly what we're doing. There's too many good receivers for them to throw to Troutman, in my opinion, so... Well, we'll see what happens with Michael Thomas. That's true. We will. That's true. We'll see what happens when he's there. If Michael Thomas is out, I mean, I'm, I think I'm all in in Olave, truthfully. So. Yeah, I agree with that. I would definitely, if Thomas were to sit, which I don't think he is no, this, I don't year, think so this week, but like moving forward, yep. you know, yeah, the Saints kind of struggle a little bit, right? They're like, you know, three and four, and all of a sudden Thomas like this. <laughs> yeah, he's out. So, yeah, so that's the tight end. Again, McGrath's going to be the chalky if he's in there at 2,900. We like spending down at Komet. It's going to be a top two target on that team. Engram is going to be competing for targets in that lineup. So spend down a tight end, certainly the way to go. That'll take us to defense here, Howard. When it comes to the top defenses on the slate, you have your 49ers against Chicago, Baltimore's against the Jets, the Colts against Houston. I haven't really spent up for defense, though. I've looked more so at the Eagles against Detroit as an option for me. I think the Chiefs now might be an interesting defense. If everybody really is going to be out for Arizona, he, you know, Kyler is going to be running around. He could be you know, fumbling, getting sacked, throwing interceptions. Chiefs at 3K. And then the Commanders at $2,500 at home against Jacksonville. You know, if you're not a believer in what the uh, what Jacksonville is going to be looking to do in week one, they're only 2500 bucks there. And the Dolphins are 26 against New England. The Dolphins at 26 against New England is what intrigues me the most, especially because I just was reading an article talking about the fact that that the Patriots could, in fact, 
just scrap the scheme that yeah. Judge and Patricia are trying to do, right? And try and just bring back what, you know, McDaniels had done. Because I guess the, the changes to the offensive scheme that they were trying to do were simply because they were trying to simplify the offense a little bit more. But, you know. They this wanted, is, this they're is trying what, to run the Shanahan system, the zone run blocking. And right. They just this don't is, have this the is line. what they this is what they did last year, right? I mean, this is what the, you know. What this is the personnel that they had with them last year. Why do you want to try and change the scheme to a scheme that actually doesn't even fit? Like you know, you could do an outside zone blocking scheme. That's fine. You want to do outside zone running? Do it all you want. But neither Stevenson nor Damian Harris are built for that. No. They're not one cut backs. Nope, I agree with you. The uh, I always said the best offense they should do right now, honestly is put Mac in the shotgun and just like let him be accurate and find time for these guys to get open. So yeah, Miami could be interesting. They're down in Miami. You know, the Patriots have struggled being down there in the past. They, I don't know if you've seen any of the reports, the Patriots flew down to Miami, Florida five days early, but they've been staying. I think it was in Jupiter and they're practicing at like a lacrosse facility, not even like a football facility. And it's a 30-minute bus ride from the hotel to the field. And the players have to get ready in the hotel. There's not even, like, a locker room for them to get ready. So, like, the New England media has just been bashing the Patriots, you know, coaching and decision-making this week leading into Miami about how the players have had to deal with this week leading up to the game. It makes me wonder if they're even going to be prepared to go down to Miami and play at this point. Well, I mean, I think I don't see a problem with going down early because – what you kind of want to do is you want these guys to get this shit out of their system, right? We talk about the Miami flu all the time. Yeah. Right? Well, they're not and staying in Miami. That's the thing. They're staying like an hour north of Miami. I know where they're staying yeah. right now, but that's the you know, still, you know, Jupiter has it, you know, listen, Miami's all strip clubs. Right. Every just go down to Florida and go to like, you know, anywhere from like halfway, you know, whatever latitude is halfway down Florida and below it's all strip clubs, sure. right? And you know, Jupiter—they play, you know, spring training there. You telling me that the uh, the ball players yeah. don't like to go out and have some fun probably. during spring training? Yeah, it's probably so, true. So, you know, I think there's, I think there's a, a definite situation. You know, you want to get them playing in the heat. You want them to, you know, to feel the, you know, just how, you know, the humidity level and what that's going to take out of them you know, personally. Sure. So I don't mind going down early if you're going to let these guys try and get some of this shit out of their system. So that way come like, you know, this weekend, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you know, Friday or Saturday, these guys are locked down. Yeah. I don't want you blowing off steam on Friday night down in Miami because you're going to be useless to me on Sunday. So yeah. I don't hate the, I don't hate the, let's let them party in Florida for a couple of days beforehand. Yeah, well, I don't know if that's necessarily what's happening down there based off the reports that I've seen. So, so spend down to defense is where we're going to go. If you do want to spend up, obviously there's some easy matchups that kind of go ahead and target there. I think the Saints defense against Atlanta, you know, with Mariota making like his, you know, second start in like three years or whatever down there. And that offense could be somewhat interesting. We talked about the Ravens, Colts, and 49ers. So, Howard, let's get to making our lineup. Let's start with our spend downs. Are we, are we playing Miami? Are we locking in? The Dolphins yeah, just end. throw Miami in there. Why not? Okay. At tight end, do we like Komet? Do we like Ingram? You know, how do you want to go about the tight end position? Knowing that if Ertz gets out, we're just going to play McBride. But for the sake of not projecting injuries, you know, how do you like this to play out? Uh, you know, I mean, let's start with Komet, right? Let's okay. start with him over Ingram for the time being right now, right? Because we, you know, listen, you've got Christian Kirk and Marvin Jones and, 
you know, you've got ETN and you've got James Robinson. There are a lot of weapons right there in, in Jacksonville. There, there are not a lot of weapons in Chicago at this sure. point. Yep. So, all right. So we got our two, we got two of our general spend down positions locked in. Let's go to the quarterback position. Sorry. Well, uh, let's get one more kind of a, sure. you know, a reasonable spend down here and let's sure. get, just throw Sammy Watkins into this lineup. Do you want him at wide receiver or for flex? We'll put him at wide receiver and we'll see if we need to move him for flex. But he's like 4700 yep. so let's just get Sammy going. All right, so Sammy Watkins is in there. $6,500 a player remaining. Go to the quarterback position. This is obviously going to decide what our stack is going to be here. So how are you How are you approaching this GPP lineup that we're building, Howard? Again, I've put Jalen Hurts as the cover of my, of my playbook. We've talked about Mahomes. And so the viability of the pass catching options now outside of Kelsey, you know, the spend downs with Sky Moore and MVS and Juju Smith-Schuster. We've talked about Jameis Winston and how easy it is to stack those receivers you know, how are, where are you going with uh, your quarterback position here? Well, I mean, where do we want to go? I mean, do we want to go super contrarian and go with a, a Saints stack? Well, listen, you gave me my cover boy on the watch list, Sammy Watkins. Let's build it with uh, let's build it with Philly for right now and okay. see what's what. So we'll go Hertz. We'll uh, go Hertz, and then I'll lock in AJ Brown since we're gonna stack. He is also 6,400. So we have the now, two. Now, do you want to go full stack or you want to just go with a pairing? Here? I'm fine with just going the pairing because he's going to run a lot of, on himself. I look okay. at this as like a Lamar Jackson with a one-off receiver play. Than, I agree. You know, than trying to spread it around. So Jalen Hurts is in there running backs. I think we have to play McCaffrey. Have to play McCaffrey. I think we have to. Done. Second running back position. Again, we still have some spend down availability, you know, wide receiver or flex. I do like a lot of Alvin Kamara. We talked about, you know, there are a couple value guys that, you know, maybe we would take a peek at, you know, what are your thoughts here at the RB2 spot? Throw, throw Kamara in there. All right. Throw Kamara. I mean, listen, Hertz, McCaffrey, Kamara, AJ Brown. Like that's four spend ups right there, right? Mm-hmm. We're not bargain shopping yep. for those guys. So we got so... a wide, we got a wide receiver and a flex. We have 4850 a player. We've mentioned Sky Moore. We mentioned Tony. We've mentioned who else did we talk about there down at that range? Drawing a quick blank. Chark was 48. Svaldez Scantling was 47. How do you feel about Tony? You're not a Giants fan, obviously, but you're, you know, you're familiar with that team. I you Listen, spread offense. Can Tony, you know, do what he did during those two games? I have him, I have him written up, right? I've got him written up in the watch list. I mean, it was what, like 16 catches for 267 <laughs> yards in that two game span. Yeah. And he got hurt. And then he was, you know, he was kind of, he was counted out. Yep. I think that with the offensive scheme that they want to run there, I don't see a, a reason not to go with Kadarius Tony. Okay. So we can go, if you had to pick one, Tony or Sky Moore. Well, I'll go Tony. Okay. So we have Tony as our other wide receiver. So that leaves us a $5,600 flex, Howard. Oh, geez. All right, fifty six hundred. Well, let's see. I'll just I'll start at the top and and go from there. Guys who we have talked about here, who we like. Obviously, Michael Pittman at fifty five hundred. But this is not a cash game lineup, right? So, so we want to push past that, and we don't want to go full stack. So we don't need Devonta Smith, right? So Thielen is an option. Thielen to me, I think, is kind of appealing here, given the touchdown potential that he puts on the table. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely there's a lot of red zone potential there for sure. So Thielen's a guy who we could totally do. I just want to kind of take a look and see who some of the other guys are at this, you know. Thielen last year in the one game against Green Bay, 8 for 82 and a touchdown. Yeah, yeah. 
I like it. All right, let's go Thielen. Let's pop Thielen in there. Okay. Why not? Yeah, I'm just scrolling down, too. There's Bateman, obviously. Ooh. Juju at 52 is nice. Right? You like that more than you like Thielen. I think so. Well, all right, then. Buying and get exposure to that top price game there. Thielen may go lower rostered, though. Right? Juju's probably going to be a popular play, don't you think? I don't necessarily know how popular. I think that I don't think any of the Chiefs wide receivers are going to be popular. Okay. I think people will take dart throws at them because I don't think they they just don't know where he's going to go. Sure. So, right. you know, but I mean, I listen, Thielen or Juju in that spot is fine. If we go to Juju, it actually leaves us with four hundred dollars, yeah, extra, which means that we can probably, I don't know, let's see what's. I mean, Chiefs defense against Arizona is three K. Yeah, that's not bad at all right there. That's a definite possibility. And, yeah, that's the only other defense. Yeah, well, yeah and the not, there's defense. nothing really to spend up from for Komet. You know, there's no 4K. All right, so uh, you leave there. 400 on the table if you go with Juju and you and you, you leave 100 bucks out there if you go with Thielen. So yep. either one is a solid play. Yep, I, I agree with you. So that's what we're going to lock in then for now. I'll be – not for now. I'm definitely playing this lineup, so – Play all the, I play all the lineups that we build on the podcast. So far for baseball, we're four of the last five cashing. So hopefully this will continue for week one NFL DFS. Quarterback, we have Jalen Hurts. Running back, we have Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara. At wide receiver, assuming Lazard is out, he's doubtful. We're going to go with that. Sammy Watkins, A.J. Brown completing the two-man stack with Jalen Hurts. Kadarius Toney. At tight end, Cole Komet. At the flex position, we're going with Juju Smith-Schuster. And at the defense, we're going to go with the Miami Dolphins there. And that is our week one DBF, DFS GBP lineup power. How are you feeling about it? Feeling pretty good about it, man. I think it's, it's definitely good. It'll probably make an appearance in the examples this weekend. I look forward to that. Howard will have the playbook and the uh, the example lineups for you this weekend. Example lineups on Sunday. Playbook and dartboard out on Saturday. Of course, you can also catch Howard on SiriusXM on Sunday morning, 7 to 9. Breaking down the, uh, the morning Sunday slate. And then myself and Andrew Cooper will be on Better Sports from 9 to 11. Answering some start sick questions. Breaking down the DFS slate. Getting you guys ready to hopefully dominate week one here. And if you're not yet a member of fantasy alarm nation yet we have the all pro package discount going on right now promo code nfl 50 will save you 50 percent off the first six months of this package and it's not just the nfl season that you get access to you get access to all of our dfs content 50 percent off first six months it includes the nfl the mlb the nba the nhl college football pga mma you name it we cover it you get access to that 50% off first six months with promo code NFL50. But more importantly, I think, Howard, you get access to our Discord, right? Where myself, you, James Grande, Justin Vreeland, Kobe Conroy, Andrew Cooper, the whole team is in there answering your start sick questions. DFS, seasonal lineups. You got to be a member to get in there. There's really no better time. For like less than 20 bucks a month for the next six months, you can get the entire website of Fantasy Alarm at your fingertips. What could be better than that? Winning a million dollars, which we did last week for somebody in week three. And we're going to hopefully do that again this year, Howard. How do you, what do you think about that? I feel like uh, I hope it's me. I, I hope it's all of us. <laughs> I hope you all take turns winning a million dollars. So that's it. That's our week one DFS preview. Again, check out the watch list that's out. Check out the coaches. Check out the playbook on Saturday, the dartboard and the example lineups on Sunday. For now, Howard and I will catch you guys later.